Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop Podcast, a space created to help you connect during your busy day, gain new business skills while on the go, and find small, actionable steps you can use to create the business and life you crave. I'm your host, Robin Walker, a fifth-generation entrepreneur with a planning background and experience running multiple businesses ranging from product to service-based. Strategic planning and goal setting have always been at the forefront. I strive to help women like you build their businesses through one-on-one strategic planning and coaching, impactful group accountability programs, and in-person events like the annual two-day Lakeside Conference in Southern Wisconsin. Our group thrives on the support and camaraderie that women can provide each other while reaching for our dreams and raising our families. When you are ready to finally achieve that big goal and get the accountability to get there, I invite you to join us in the Impact Membership Circle. We meet for quarterly goal setting, action step creation, and mastermind calls to keep you on task. We have a spot waiting just for you. You are listening to season two of the Women's Business Workshop podcast, the Lakeside Conference Speaker Series. Today, we're addressing one of the most common questions that coaches and consultants get when working with women in business. How can I attract more clients? The question makes it sound like it would have a simple answer. There's so many parts to this, and each business will have a different solution. At the 2020 Lakeside Conference, we'll be bringing in several experts to address this question each addressing it from a little different angle and expertise. Today, I'll be talking with one of the panel experts, Carrie Sharp. Carrie Sharp is a communication consultant, speaker, and co-owner of He Says, She Says. She is also the co-host of the Speaking with Ryan and Carrie Sharp podcast. Carrie earned her degree in political science and psychology from Lake Superior State University. A highly sought-after international speaker, Carrie develops courses and coaches clients in communication and public speaking skills. Hello, Carrie. Welcome to the podcast for another visit. Hey, Robin. Thanks for having me again. It is my pleasure. Carrie is coming back to the Lakeside Conference for another year to share with us all of her good expertise on a topic that a lot of us like to pretend we don't need help with. (laughs) We really do. I have to share with all the listeners that I was a reluctant public speaker years ago when I first met Carrie at the first conference. I'm not sure reluctant quite goes far (laughs) enough in describing you, Robin. (laughs) Well, you would think because I have a teaching background that that would mean I was comfortable in front of a crowd. And Mm -hmm. for the most part, I'm comfortable in front of a group of 10-year-olds, but it's a little (laughs) different when it's your peers and it's people that you have brought there. There's a little different weight on the situation. That first year, I think I did the intro and the closing, and then perhaps some housekeeping where you can kind of read off a list. Uh, And then I pretty much just hid in being the event planner. And I did do my one breakout session, which was in my comfort zone, workshop, teaching, kind of public speaking. So year two, I decided to work one-on-one with Carrie. Uh, She was very gracious to help me. And I think that made a big difference. I had a lot more confidence. I still didn't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Even year three, I didn't want to do it. But so I, honest. 
But and I think I ha- that's pretty common, actually, Robin. <laughs> yes, I think it is. Uh, it's funny because back in the speaker room, I'd have the other speakers cheering me on and encouraging me <laughs> and asking, <laughs> what are you speaking about this year? And what are you selling this year? <laughs> so uh, for year two, I did have a strategy. And each year that's gotten more honed in. Now I'm happy to say I'm at the point where I'm seeking out speaking engagements. I'm creating them for myself, but I'm also going to other organizations and speaking to their groups. And I've really converted to the power of speaking to a crowd to help grow your business. Yeah, you've done great with it. And part of that was you took it in small steps. You didn't feel like you had to go from no speaking at all to standing on a stage in some massive arena speaking to thousands of people, you're, you're taking small steps and doing what is strategically smart for you in your business. I have learned that each level that you go up um, mm-hmm. as you're growing your speaking, there is more to learn and improve at each level, but the benefits and the outcome are that much bigger each time as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think it's important to not just say, well, I've done a workshop before, so I can do one again. That is good for your confidence level, but how can you improve it this time? Or how can you take this to a next level? You know that I'm a big fan of planning and strategy. (laughs) What do you notice about planning and strategy when it comes to women in speaking? That those who do it are very successful and feel like they are getting huge results from the speaking they're doing. And those who don't do it feel like maybe they're proud of themselves just for doing it, but they also tend to look back on their experience and, and don't see big enough results to make it worthwhile for them. You have to have a plan and a strategy in several different aspects. You need to know your audience, you need to know what they need from you, and you need to have a strategy for whatever your profit is going to be and following up with the audience members. So there's multiple prongs to the strategy and you have to be keen on all of those. Because if you don't have a plan, how do you even know if it was successful? I mean, you know, exactly. you didn't, you know, you didn't throw up or you didn't. Right. Well, that is a <laughs> you know, success. You yeah. <laughs> cause any major chaos. But how do you, if you're hoping to attract new clients with your mm-hmm. speaking, because ultimately we may be going for, well, let's, let's take it back a couple steps. And if someone's too intimidated to be on the big stage or that's not on their agenda quite yet, what are some other ways that public speaking can attract clients? And it's okay if it's never on their agenda. That is not necessarily a smart business decision for everyone. Everyone is different and everyone, every business is different. But some things that are smart for just about everybody are speaking at a small conference. Sometimes that means a keynote type speech, but sometimes it means a workshop. Neither one is better than the other. It really depends what your overall goal is and what kind of conference it is. Lots of people, yourself included, really prefer that workshop style where it's hands-on and you're interacting a lot more with the people in the audience. And that's a huge win in a lot of scenarios. And sometimes that's better than a keynote. So a keynote isn't always the way to go. You could lead a class. A lot of people lead local classes at their university center or in a room at the library or in a coffee shop. Sometimes leading a class is the most beneficial for your business, just depending on 
who you are and who you're trying to reach podcast interviews like we're doing right now <laughs> yes. are a good option for a lot of people because podcasts come in all shapes and forms and there's a podcast for everything. I think I shared with you personally that my husband has been listening to a metal detecting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so there is literally a podcast for everything. So there's that. There's Facebook Live and there's video. All of those are types of public speaking. All of those are public speaking formats that will bring you in front of audiences. And those are all public speaking experiences that will give you credibility and establish your expertise. Establishing your expertise and credibility is definitely mm -hmm. one of the goals of public speaking. Mm -hmm. And then today we're talking about attracting new clients. Mm -hmm. Do you see those as pretty much the main reasons that people are doing public speaking? Absolutely. In addition to building your own confidence, I mean, if you want to feel like you are the expert, you need to be doing the public speaking because then you're seen as the expert. Absolutely. So let's get back to talking strategy just a little bit. Mm -hmm. What do you see as the big roadblock that, or the piece that people are missing when they're looking at speaking and the ultimate goal of, well, I want to connect with the audience so that they'll buy for me because even the credibility and the no like, and trust really all of these things at the very, very end are looking to attract new clients, unless you're a narcissist and you just like <laughs> to hear yourself talk and want the accolades and the praises, the rest of us normal people are really just, we just want to bring more people into our community and, mm -hmm. and serve them. I think the biggest mistake people make is they're not finding the right audience. Mm. They're talking to whomever, wherever anyone will listen. And oh, yeah. that's a huge mistake. You need to find the right audience. You need to be speaking to the right people. If I'm talking at a plumber's conference <laughs> and I'm trying to sell mascara, we might have a problem. I might be at the wrong conference. <laughs> that could be a whole series right there. You know you're at it the could. wrong conference when. <laughs> I should do a blog post. <laughs> but you have to be super picky and do the research and do all of the back work to make sure that you are making the most of your opportunity. Find the right opportunity and make the most of it. I see this from a promoter's perspective. We get hundreds of speaker applications for right. the conference. And there are some that, I mean, we research each one very thoroughly. And there are some that are not chosen, not because of their qualifications, as far as they are an expert in what they're claiming to be an expert. All the other boxes are checked, but who they're serving is not our audience. Right. Um, I even had a male apply, which we're perfectly open to having male or female speakers that, you know, that's not a factor at all. But his tagline was that he serves men in business who X, Y, Z. Right. And I thought, <laughs> well, it would be a waste of your time unless he's right. looking for a wife or something. <laughs> it would be a waste of time for him to speak at our conference. And right. I'm, I really want the conference to be a blessing to the attendees and to the speakers. So I'm not going to have someone and put them in that speaking role if their ideal client is someone that is not sitting in the audience 
And I, I just think, boy, what a waste of time for him to even apply mm -hmm. because it's, it would not serve him. Right. It wouldn't serve him and it wouldn't serve you. Correct. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think people get really caught up in the excitement of being asked to speak somewhere. And I'm sure it's good practice if you're newer in, in speaking, but there's a, a lot of people asking for online summits or can you speak mm -hmm. in my Facebook group or even can you be on my podcast? And if it's not the right audience, you're using time that could be used to actually find your right audience or speak to your correct audience. And to me, it just seems like a waste of time. It but is. I also think it's confusing to your audience. <laughs> Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> so if I started posting on my in my community that, oh, come listen to me on the on the Plumbers Association <laughs> website. Well, actually, I probably could serve plumbers as far as their business model goes. But <laughs> using a different example, if it was something, you know, Future Gardeners of America, my... My audience is going to say, wait, I thought she was a business coach. Is right. she doing gardening also? Like, how does that fit in? So I think you really then confuse your own audience that you're actually trying to attract. You do. And I think some people just lack the confidence to narrow down their speaking engagements. Oh, when sure. you're seeing someone list on their Facebook page, I'm speaking at this and I'm speaking at this and I'm speaking at this. And it's just so many things that don't really have much in common. I think that just means they're not confident enough yet to speak at the places where they should be speaking. I agree. And as a promoter, that's another red flag to some degree, because at least for us, we're looking for the expert in the field. If we are going to be hiring someone to be talking about content, we want them to be an expert at content. And if you go okay. to their site and they speak at all these random places and the topics, because you're going to try to match the topic to the audience, but also to your business. So if you're changing your topics, then that is a red flag to future promoters that are looking to hire you because it For doesn't sure. look like you're an expert in anything. You just can dabble in everything. For sure. Note to speakers. Research the events. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Choose oh, the ones gosh, that yes. are that are the best for you and your business and that are the best for you to contribute to. You you don't want to speak somewhere that you have no nothing to offer. You have to have something to offer that audience. It's a two-way street. It needs to be a win-win for the speaker and the event planner. So choose wisely. And get in the audience. Get in there and get in the community yes. and find out if your ideal audience is actually even in there. Right. There's so many Facebook groups and pages all about women in business, but there is a huge variation of what those women actually do and what their needs are. Oh, and gosh, yes. to me, it's huge when someone's been in our community and they've gotten to know other members, they know the style, the vibe, the culture, it's a much easier yes, but it also then they know that it's worth their time. Right. And someone who's, you know, those cold call speaker reach outs, they're <laughs> not saying it wouldn't happen or it wouldn't work out, but right. 
when they don't even know what the conference is or where it is or who's in the audience, it, it makes it a much harder sell. It does because you can tell. Oh, you yeah. can tell when someone doesn't know that audience. If you're going to pitch yourself for a speaking engagement, whether it is a conference or a podcast or a summit interview, you need to have listened to speakers from that conference or that podcast, listen to the episodes, the previous episodes, hang out in the Facebook group, do all of those things, build the relationships, know who you're talking to. 100%. I, I love the enthusiasm and mm -hmm. the grit that comes with contacting someone that you don't know. I think that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I will say when this, the conference is in four months and I have been flooded with out of nowhere emails from speakers asking if I've already chosen my speakers for this year. It's a really easy way to find out. <laughs> if you right. go to the conference page, everything is finalized and has been finalized. So I always want to say to them, you know, obviously this year is booked, but grab a ticket, come and sit with us, come mm -hmm. and eat with us and see if we're the right audience. And when you do go to those events, make sure to go up to the promoter and introduce yourself and say something nice about their event or ask them a question. Because at least for me personally, that goes a long way to see that they're willing to come and see what the environment's like. Mm -hmm. in order to serve the audience best. If it's and just for, about them, yeah, then, for then sure. that's not, I, my audience is like precious gold. I love right. them. Right. I do not want to bring anyone in that is going to do anything but respect and serve them. <laughs> so right. I don't just leave yeah. it to chance. And from the speaker point of view, I'm much more comfortable speaking where I know the audience mm -hmm. and where I know the flow of the event and where I understand how things work. Even local networking events that I have spoken at, it helps a lot to attend that networking oh, event yes. previous to my speaking engagement. I want to see who's there. I want to talk to those people. I feel good then speaking when I'm already familiar with the people in the audience. Knowing the people helps a ton. I think that's a great example too that I don't know that we talked about and that is networking events and local mm -hmm. community groups and chamber groups are always looking for speakers mm -hmm. and they're going to choose someone from their own group if they can. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I totally agree with getting to know the people beforehand. I had that same thing happen. I met someone at one of my, the chamber events, total stranger, but through networking met her, we met in person and had lunch and then when I saw it was her turn to speak, I was really, I couldn't end up going, but I really wanted to make an effort to be there, not only to support her, but also to hear her speak. And so I wanted to be in the audience and, and I had no vested interest in being there other than just to support her. Right. But see, everything that we have talked about boils down to taking the time to do the work before mm -hmm. the pitch. <laughs> you Absolutely. have to take all the time to do all the work. It's not just get on a website, put your name in a form and wait for the offer. You really do have to do the legwork. You need to know everything you can about the event, the event planner and the audience that is going to be there. I think something that's important that we talk about a lot is 
attracting new clients and mm -hmm. using public speaking to attract them yes. and not chase them down, but right. really attract them. And I think that also comes into play with promoters that you are attracting a promoter, so to mm -hmm. speak. So like in the example of the chamber, I want them to think of me because they know me and come ask me to speak. I know that's, it's very good to seek out and find speaking engagements, mm -hmm. but it's a wonderful feeling when you've been attending an event and you've gotten to know people and they come up to you and say, mm -hmm. we know this is in your wheelhouse because you've niched down. Mm -hmm. We know that this is in your wheelhouse. Would you be willing to speak to our group? It's just a totally different experience than that. All right, I guess I'm going to go to this event just so they'll just so I can ask the promoter if I can speak. Right. See, again, you're doing that legwork ahead of time. You're doing the necessary networking. You're building the relationships. You're going deep with people instead of just looking at what's in it for me and trying your best to pitch yourself. I think that is one of the reasons I love working with you is that it's not about chasing people down. It's about building the relationships and communicating and getting to know people and serving. Well, you bring in a lot of speakers who teach that very thing as well. I know Nikki Rausch is coming back this year mm -hmm. and she teaches that exact thing. Everything she teaches is about building the relationships because everything else flows naturally from that. You're not having to chase down people. You're not having to tackle someone and force them to buy from you or utilize your services. You're attracting them through the relationship that you're building. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure you're going to be talking about this in the panel, so I won't go too in-depth, but something I did want to share with the listeners as far as the strategy and the planning, because we've been talking a lot about that and you're probably like, oh, great. So I have to plan. I get it. But <laughs> from a recipient of working with Carrie and that strategy before I was just thinking, how do I do this and not die? I mean, <laughs> how do I not make a total fool of myself? Mm -hmm. But as we work together each year, I would focus on some, a different outcome. So this year, this is the thing that I think will serve the most of the people in the audience. This is what I want to focus on as my end result and each year was a different thing, and that's what sold. I was attracting the people that had that struggle. It was, this is what I offer, and if this attracts you, then here's the solution. And I, I know there's a lot more to it and a lot more nuance and, and strategy, but just to share with the listeners, it was amazing how focusing on something different had that outcome. Absolutely, and it takes the stress off. Oh, yes. It's not so overwhelming and you're not thinking, okay, what am I, what am I going to try to sell here? And, and will people buy anything from me? And then when they don't, feeling that total disappointment, it, it's totally planned out. So it's simple and it's streamlined mm -hmm. and it's focused. And it may seem, it may seem like making a strategy is hard. And it is, I think, to a lot of people. I, I don't like to have to plan things. I would love to fly by the seat of my pants, but that does not work. That doesn't no. bring results. So when you sit down and actually establish that strategy, it takes all the stress off. You know exactly what you're going to say. You know exactly what you're going to promote. You know exactly what you're going to talk about. 
and then the results just naturally happen because you did the work on the front end. I agree. And I can say honestly, from my perspective, it made the actual speaking part so mm-hmm. much easier. Yep. And planning way far in advance is going to give you less of that a week beforehand. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. What am I going to talk about? Then you don't have your postcards made with your follow up plan. You don't have all the pieces in place because you're rushing it at the very end. Right. It's nerve wracking enough. I don't know that I'll ever, well, who knows, but I don't know that I'll ever walk on a stage in front of a large group and not feel nerves. But having that plan and like, then that's the only thing I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the content or if I'm going to be serving the right people because I've planned it so far in advance and I've practiced it so much. I mean, by the end of it, I almost hate the speech (laughs) because (laughs) I've said it in the shower. I've said it in the car. I've listened to it through my earbuds (laughs) and listened to my audio playback of the speech and over and over and over. But then it's so much easier to use that for another speaking engagement Mm -hmm. and not have to craft this brand new thing based on an audience that wouldn't naturally be served from what I spoke about at a different event. I've given one particular speech, I think six times over the course of the year 2019. And by the last time I gave it, I probably could have said it in my sleep. Yeah. But that is, that's, there's comfort in that. Mm -hmm. There's knowing that it's effective because I've already given it so many times and I've already seen the results come in so many times. So I love giving the same speech multiple times. I think prepare for it a million times before the first time. And then every time you give it after that, it just feels so, so good. And there's so many different platforms that Mm -hmm that could be repurposed for or reused for the right audience. Oh, absolutely. And your strategy around each one of those speaking engagements can match it too. I mean, if you're speaking on a particular topic, then your blog post that week might be about that. Your email going out to your list might be about that. And you have all these components and all these strategies in place to serve that audience. It also really looks much more professional when everything is tied together and strategic. It looks like you know what you're doing, which is a big, that whole imposter syndrome that a lot of women in business struggle with. It really helps to keep that at bay. It helps the overthinking to stay away. It helps so much by just having that plan and strategy. And like I always say, having it in your head doesn't count. Right. Having it on your computer or print it out or on your phone or wherever it is to know specifically. And then you can just repeat that process with another topic or your next speaking engagement. Mm -hmm. You should definitely have a workflow for every different speech that you give. And it needs to be tweaked each time you give it because each audience is different than the previous ones. Definitely. At the Lakeside Conference this March, Carrie's going to be speaking to the whole group on the panel, and she'll have a lot more specific details for you and steps and and different ways to attract clients through different speaking opportunities. She will also have a bonus for you guys, for everyone in the audience. And then she also has a one-on-one mini session time that you can sign up to do with her if you have a VIP upgrade. So anyone with a VIP ticket is going to get one-on-one mini sessions with the speakers. So these are just you and Carrie at a table in the beautiful fireside room together. And you and Carrie can talk about all kinds of different things in speaking. 
but if you've heard her session, what would be a really great way, Carrie, for them to use this time wisely with you? I think it would be to develop your elevator pitch. And I think that we're going to mainly focus on that because everybody needs to be able to answer the question, so what do you do? You're mm -hmm. going to be asked it as a speaker mm -hmm. on a podcast. You're going to be asked that when you attend a networking event. You're going to be asked that whenever you speak somewhere. No matter where you go, you're going to be asked, what do you do? And you have to be able to answer that effectively and simply enough that the person understands what the heck it is you actually do. <laughs> so we're going to drill down and make it very simple. We're going to make it very effective, but we're also going to make it leaving the person wanting more so that they ask for more information and more details from you. I love it. I was at a networking event last night and it was amazing how many times people ask the question, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And knowing easily and being able to even tweak it for who you're speaking with feels so good. And there was someone there that was really struggling. I mean, sometimes your brain just blanks or something distracts you, but I really felt for the person because it was awkward for everyone to yeah. have the big silences in between. Um, and this person has a fantastic product and service to offer. So I just, I felt really bad <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. I was like, you need to work on your elevator pitch. Like, yeah, you should be able to say it confidently and without thinking about it. Right. So we'll get there. Yeah, that sounds like a great use of time. Because I think a lot of us create ours on our own, which is fine. But it really is nice to have a second opinion that could say, well, I wouldn't know what that was. Or right. this is the hole that I see as someone from the outside hearing that for the first time. Yeah, exactly. So I think that outside perspective is fantastic. So if someone wanted to jump right in and do that kind of one-on-one -on -one session with you before the conference, how would they get in touch with you? Or where can we find all the great resources that you have out on the internet? They can find us wherever our business is located. It's called He Says, She Says. And we are online on a website, <laughs> He Says, She Says, <laughs> which is at ryancarysharp.com. You can also find He Says, She Says on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn, <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> and we have a podcast. Excellent. And if you are in the Women's Business Workshop Facebook group, there is a graphic with Carrie and it tells more about her session and where you can sign up, but it also has information about where to find her. So you can always just easily go through that link and connect with Carrie. So reach out, learn all about Carrie and all she offers. And then you can meet her in person at the Lakeside Conference and you will be able to go up and talk to her and already know some great things about her, which is another way to connect quicker and faster. I don't know if I've ever shared this, probably in the podcast originally we did last year, but for our listeners, I met Carrie when she applied for the conference the very, very first year. So this will be our fourth year. So it would have been four years ago that you actually applied. And I didn't know her from anyone. She lives a state away across Lake Michigan. So <laughs> uh, she is not local to me. I had no idea who she was. But by coming to an in-person event and meeting in person, and she's been back every year, our relationship has grown to the point of talking almost daily. And this is someone that 
I did not know at all. And I see people locally that I don't talk to daily. So it really speaks to the power of speaking in public, meeting in public, going to live events. And if you think coming to a conference or a workshop or a networking event is not that much different than having a coffee chat on Zoom or following them online, you are wrong. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The amount of relationship building that you can even get in two days far surpasses anything you're going to get online. And I just wanted to share, like in our experience, you've been a blessing in my life. We both have teenagers, can share that aspect, not just about business, right. <laughs> but, but about the craziness of parenting teenagers. Yeah. So I want to challenge you guys, if you haven't been to the conference or you haven't been in a couple of years, get back there. It'll be worth your time and effort. And you're going to leave with more relationships. Carrie and I have both bought from each other. That's not why we started our relationship, but we have bought from each other. We've recommended each other. We've collaborated all because we both took a risk and met at the conference. So if you are ready to make that leap, go to womensbusinessworkshop.com. Under the events tab, you'll find all the information about the 2020 event. Spring feels far away, but it really is not. And after the holidays, that those two months are pretty much zapped. <laughs> Oh my gosh, but you yes. need to, yeah, you need to get it on your calendar so that all the kid things, all the work things don't fill up those two days. It's March 9th and 10th. And we would love to meet you in person and build a relationship with you as well. Thank you, Carrie, so much for sharing all your knowledge and expertise. And I cannot wait to see you again in person. I'm so excited. Yes. We have a lot of fun too, guys. Come to the conference. We have, there's some shenanigans. There's some... <laughs> There's a lot of goofing off uh, in the bacon. Uh, yes, bacon, coffee, <laughs> all kinds of good stuff. It's right by the lake. We have a lot of fun and we love to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. And we'd love to include you in the fun. So thanks everyone for listening and go get back to work. 